better health begins at Tidelands Health, dedicated to keeping the communities we serve healthy and active. That's why we're proud to present our podcast series, Better Health Radio, brought to you by Tidelands Health. Here's Bill Klaproth. With the high-profile suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and new statistics from the CDC that show suicide rates are on the rise, what are the warning signs and what should you do if you think someone you love might be at risk? Here to talk with us is Heather Partridge, a behavioral health consultant with Tidelands Health. Heather, thank you so much for your time. So what are the factors that contribute to suicide? So there's you know, a few different factors, um, and each case might be a little bit different and some are similar. But often if there is a history of someone struggling with mental illness, such as depression, that's something that can put them at an increased risk of suicide due to experiencing feelings of hopelessness and isolation where they start to think that things might not get better. Um, in addition, you know, sometimes people, when they choose to engage in that act or um, have thoughts about suicide, they might be under the influences of substances. And some substances, such as alcohol, actually acts as a depressant, so it'll make any depression symptoms that are already there more intense, and it can increase the likelihood that they would follow through with such an act. Um, Being under the influence of a substance might make them also make a decision that's more impulsive, so they don't fully think it through and might choose to, you know, go ahead with that act. And, I mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, there's a general theme of hopelessness when someone makes that decision. They have just decided that things can't get better, that things aren't going to get better, and they decide that that might be their only way to deal with what's going on in their life. It's not always the case that someone has had a mental health disorder diagnosed that, Sometimes, you know, it's not someone that's been struggling with depression for a long time, but it might be that they've just undergone a big change in their life, whether it be a relationship ending or sudden financial distress, that sometimes that might be the precipitating event. So it's true then that many people who die by suicide did not have a known mental health condition at the time of death. Is that right? Yeah, I think that that's absolutely the case in some situations. Now, sometimes they might not have a diagnosed one because they've never reached out for help. You know, they might have never met with a counselor or physician or psychiatrist that, you know, that diagnosed them with a mental health condition. But sometimes, you know, they don't have a history of depression or anxiety or or substance use. They have just come, something's come up in their life. There's been, you know, changes that they feel like they're just not equipped to handle and they can't see their way out. So sometimes it's really hard to tell in a person. So what are the symptoms of someone who may be in trouble? What should we be looking out for? So you want to, if you notice that someone is suddenly acting different, that they've started isolating themselves, that they seem really down, they're not doing the activities that they used to enjoy. Um, If they're having, if they're discussing, you know, that making comments like, you know, I think I'd be better off dead and I just want this all to end and I can't see a way out. Making comments like that, it's important to, you know, to talk to them about that and and ask about that. If there's a history of suicidal attempts, that's also important to be aware of and that can be a predictor of suicide occurring. 
And, you know, sometimes the other things that will occur is suddenly people are getting rid of their belongings. You know, their prized possessions they're giving away. They might be drawing up a will because they're in the planning stages of that suicide. And interestingly enough, you know, you might find in those days leading up to it that suddenly this person seems more content suddenly, that they're happier. And that might occur because they've come to terms with their decision to commit suicide and feel like, you know, they're finally not going to have to feel this way anymore. Wow, that is something. So if someone is isolating themselves, feeling down, not doing activities they normally would do, getting rid of belongings, making out a will, and that's chilling about all of a sudden their mood changes and they seem more up because they've come to peace with making the decision that they're going to take their own life. That's just uh, chilling. So if you recognize these symptoms in someone, is it safe to ask, hey, are you thinking about hurting yourself? I mean, what should we do if we recognize these symptoms? Absolutely. It is, you, you want to ask. And because by asking, you're encouraging them to talk about, you're opening up that opportunity to connect with them. You can, you know, offer to bring them to a counselor. You can help them come up with a safety plan of what to do with these thoughts. The only thing you want to make sure you don't do if you're talking to them is you don't want to encourage those thoughts. You know, you don't want to agree with them. Yeah, you know, if you don't want to make a comment like, oh, if I were you, I'd want to, you know, hurt myself too. So you just don't want to support those negative thoughts that they're having about ending their life. You want to show them that you're there for support and try and connect with them and talk to them about getting help and finding, seeing where there's a way where you can help them find some hope that that's not the only answer. Yeah, you mentioned that feeling of hopelessness. So by reaching out and engaging them in conversation and getting them to open up, sometimes they might see the light. Somebody out there cares about me. I can get this out that I'm feeling inside. So just by that nature of talking to someone, it sounds like what you're saying is, Heather, that alone can really help engage the person and kind of move them along away from the suicidal thoughts. Is that right? Exactly. You know, they won't, maybe they won't feel so isolated anymore. And, you know, sometimes if you're someone where you've struggled with some of those feelings yourself at some point in time, you know, sharing your story with them might help them feel connected as well and, and for them to see that, you know, things can get better. You can feel better with, with the right help, with the right resources and support that it doesn't have to be like this forever. So are there forms of treatment then for someone who may be having suicidal thoughts? Yeah. So, you know, one of the first steps that you want to do is try and reach out to a professional. So, you know, um, maybe you start with talking to your family physician and asking them to make a referral, recommend someone, you know, even doing a, a Google search and looking for counselors in the area or psychiatrists in the area. And at that first appointment, you know, they'll work with you to do an evaluation to see what's going on and then make recommendations. And, you know, there's treatment options available like cognitive behavior therapy that can be done through counseling sessions. And there's medications available as well that can help to, and both of those therapies combined can be really effective. And even sometimes just one of the therapies on their own can can be helpful. So there's definitely treatment options out there. And then, of course, um, you know, support groups in addition to that, um, doing group counseling, individual counseling, 
these are all things that can help build up their recovery capital so that they feel supported and they feel like, you know, there is hope and they're connecting with others and, and know that they're not alone. So, Heather, this is really an important subject and an important topic, and thank you for your time. What would you say to someone who is listening to this podcast right now that may be having suicidal thoughts and is just reaching out for hope and has come across this podcast? What would you say to them? Don't give up. There's hope there. You can get better. You know, reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. There's a lot of people going through what you're going through. And the more we talk about it, the more we bring awareness to it, and the more resources that we develop for people, then the quicker that everyone can get better. And, you know, don't be afraid to call. There's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that you can call, 1-800-273-TALK, and reach out to, you know, your doctor, your friends, your family, local counselors, and ask for help because there's people there that are waiting to help you. Such good advice. Pull a friend aside. Talk to your mom or your dad or a trusted family friend or a physician. Just find someone to talk to. It sounds like that's what you're saying, Heather. And if someone wants to talk to you at Tideland's Health, how can they get a hold of you? They can call us at 843-652-8440, and they'll just go ahead and take good care of them and schedule an appointment and, and get them in, and we'll go from there. Heather, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. For more information about Tidelands Health Physician Services and Facilities, visit TidelandsHealth.org. That's TidelandsHealth.org. This is Better Health Radio. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.